0: So as Ben introduced me there, I'm Michael O'Coffee. I'm a pediatric trainee in Northern Ireland. And I am going to be taking the pro side of this debate and I'm going to be trying to convince you this afternoon that critically ill children should be resuscitated using uh, balanced solutions. So what is a balanced solution? So a balanced solution, they have sodium, they have potassium, chloride, content similar to that of extracellular fluid, and when given intravenously, have fewer adverse effects on the acid base balance of the patient. So, if we were to imagine our ideal fluid, what would it actually include? Um, so, if we're going to think about an ideal resuscitation fluid, it'd be a fluid that would remain in an intravascular space for several hours. The chemical composition should be similar that of extracellular fluid, and the constituents should be readily metabolized and expedited by the body, it should be safe, sterile, and not prone to cause allergic reactions. And organ toxicity, or other side effects. It should also be easy to transport, store, administer, and should be fairly reasonably priced. Um, so we think about actually why we give our fluids. So um, we give our fluids for different reasons. Generally, we kind of give them for resuscitation, maintenance, replacement, and I'm focusing very mainly on in resuscitation scenarios. I also remember that in each case, in each individual patient, um. And different contexts, there's going to be different needs for what we're going to require. So, there's no real um, one size fits all. So, you know, if we actually have an ideal fluid, it actually doesn't exist, unfortunately. So, if we think about what, what we do have, so here we've got three fairly common fluids that we'll see. So, on the left, we've um, sodium chloride and normal saline, In the middle, that's plasmolite. And we've got hartmann's Um, So we look at these three, one is not like the others. Um, So two of them are balanced solutions and one of them is an unbalanced solution. And I'm gonna try to convince you today that for the purpose of retuscating critical young well children, not to reach for the 0.9% saline, but instead go for a balanced solution such as plasmite or Hartman's. So we actually look at what's inside our fluids. Um, So we said that a balanced solution is one that's closer um, in sort of sodium potassium and chloride content. And um, so all three solutions are isotonic. But if we look at how they compare to plasma levels, you can see that the plasmolite and Hartmann's have sort of similar sodium and chloride to Watson plasma. Plasma is a little bit of magnesium um, potassium. Hartmann's a little bit of potassium and chloride. And then between the plasma and heartens, they've got a little bit of buffering solution as well. Whereas the sodium chloride just has what it says in tin. It's just got sodium and chloride. Um, so even though we call it normal saline, I think we should really emphasize that it is very much not normal. It's very much not physiological in how it acts. Um, there is one and a half times more chloride uh, and 10% more saline in our um, normal saline than what is in plasma. So um essentially that is the that's the issue basically. So why is that an issue if we have all this extra sodium and chloride? So essentially, whilst there's even amounts of them, when we give them into patient, those sort of distributed unevenly and actually the chloride is just far higher levels super physiologically and it acts asymmetrically and causes a hyperchloremic acidosis. Um, so if you look at this slide here, that's sort of shown that in terms of in, when we look at the acid base levels, what impacts the acidosis or alkalosis level in the body is our cations and our anions and basically the difference between them. So if we were to massively increase our anion level, for example, by giving a big amount of chloride, that's gonna drop our pH, and if we did the inverse, that's gonna increase your pH. So you see at the bottom there, that's what happens when we give saline. We're gonna massively increase the chloride and decrease the pH and cause an acidosis. Uh, again, that's just showing how these different fluids affect the body. So if we give our normal saline, we're increasing the sodium, massively increasing the chloride and causing a drop in pH. Whereas a, like a balanced crystalloid along the bottom, we're not gonna affect the sodium chloride too much. We might have a little bit of a alkalotic effect and then compared to like the heartlands in the bottom left and um, we shouldn't really affect the pH at all actually. Um, so we go a bit into the history of these fluids and how we kind of got to where we are. So basically in the 1830s in response to the cholera pandemic we have two doctors in Scotland that is um William Shockley and Thomas Latta. Um, they are the first um, doctors to sort of formulate and use sort of sort solution, salt solutions for treating these um, incredibly dehydrated patients with cholera. Um, and they recorded that in sort of landmark papers in The Lancet. Then it seems to go out of vogue for a little while. Um, with varying difference um, in makeups of these sort of salt solutions until we get to 1888 with this man, um, Hartog Hamburger. And he um, created what's our current 0.9% saline through experiments in different amphibians and mammals and finding uh, what sort of solutions was able to keep um, different uh, anatomical um, aspects alive in the in the lab um, through in vitro studies. It's then unclear actually how we go from these in vitro studies to the sort of widespread use uh, and how sort of normal saline got so popular. Likely it's due to the, you know, how it eases manufacturing and low cost of it. But, you know, if it went through a clinical trial and we have this quote here from Professor Dalip Lobo, who's a sort of an expert in fluids and fluid balance. But if it'd been um tried to be pushed onto the market now, it'd be unlikely that saline wouldn't uh, wouldn't pass if he has one trial. Um so what are the issues of 09 percent saline? So um we you know that it causes acidosis that we chatted about, and the acidosis that causes a hyperchloremic. Hyperchloremic or hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis. Um, so why is that a problem? Well, we know that acidosis has negative effects. Negative effects in anatropy has an impaired response to catecholamines, um, increases your respiratory drive, and has other negative effects as well. We also know that acidosis part of the lethal triad in trauma. So definitely, it's worth avoiding um, in the recess of the trauma patient. Um, we know that the hyperchloremia pushes potassium out of cells, so it causes hyperkalemia which is an effect we don't want. And we also know there's an number of um, adverse clinical symptoms, such as abdominal pain, abdominal distension, nausea, vomiting, and drowsiness. There's also a few adverse, different adverse events that are associated with um, this acidosis, such as increased need for blood transfusions and bicarbonate infusions, uh, increased length of hospital stays, and increased coagulopathy. And we also know that there's evidence to suggest that and affects the renal hemodynamics, um, with decreased renal blood flow velocity and perfusion when compared with balanced solutions, and there's an, um an association of increased need for um renal replacement therapy, increased AKI, and long term um renal dysfunction. Um, different animal human studies shown that there is an increase um amount of pro-inflammatory states um, associated with saline compared with balanced solutions with increased cytokines and um, different consequences for those. And uh, Most importantly, there's also a suge- suge- uh, suggestion of association of increased mortality when comparing saline versus balanced solutions. Um,
1: Two minutes, Michael.
0: Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. Um, the most important thing is that there's an increase in mortality, and especially in sort of sirs and septic patients. Um, so whilst this is, you know, there's still a lot of evidence to be found out about these, but there's um, the evidence base is growing in terms that the balanced solutions are are better than saline. Um, so that's all very theoretical. So as we go into an actual um case, so here's an example that you might you might potentially see is the way um balanced solutions work better. This is an example of a patient who has presented to a with a DKA, and you can see their first gas, and um, they've got a severe DKA, quite a significant acidosis, and then we can see their second gas four hours later after they've had two boluses of saline, they've started on their insulin, they've started on their fluid, and clearly they're pretty well, the GCS is okay, their hemoglobin is stable. Um, but actually, if we look at that second gas, it doesn't look like they've improved much at all. But if we kind of actually go back and look at what's happening at their, their different numbers, And I've actually used Chris's app here. You can kind of see that actually we've kind of treated her DKA quite a bit. And in fact, the chloride is um, making a big effect on this child looking worse than they are. And and this is going to cause lots of concern. This child's probably going to end up in PICU when they maybe don't need to. So, what are the benefits of balanced crystalloids? Sort of more physiological. There's reduced acidosis, there's reduced mortality, reduced renal dysfunction, and faster resolution of DKA. Um, so I guess why why would we use saline? I suppose one use is for the patient with uh, metabolic alkalosis, but otherwise the only reason I can see is that it's cheap, it's available, and it's what we usually, which isn't great reasons at all. Um, in terms of other things that you know we used to do, uh, so I show some examples. So um, these are some medic- this is a patient's notes. This is from 1997, so sort of more historical notes. This is actually um, my own personal notes, uh, and you see on the right here we you uh, see it we were with a fluid. It's called HPPF, that's actually a colloid, um, human plasma protein factor, you can see on the left, we're uh, given fifth normal CLN uh, and it's actually so embedded in practice that it's actually printed onto the old anesthetic charts. Um, certainly in my career as a pediatrician, I've never seen either of these fluids used, and certainly if I tried to prescribe fifth normal saline in Belfast, I'd probably be thrown um, out of the building. Um, so, like just the next, we always I'm, I'm on their clothes. Yeah. So if
1: I can ask you to draw their
0: clothes if that's okay. Yeah, so I suppose um, just because we've always done it this way it doesn't mean we should keep doing it this way. Um Ivy fluids are a drug. Um important the use of drug, we have to think about what we're doing and we must be aware of the consequence of what we're given. Um, so we really want to be given balanced physiological solutions. Um I feel that's sort of reasonable and pragmatic in the resuscitation of the critically ill child.
2: Um, so my name is Peter McAllister, I'm a paediatric reg currently working in Belfast as Ben said and work in the paediatric emergency department so a lot of my focus is more on management of critically unwell children in the emergency department and I hope based on this 10 minute presentation or so will give you a bit of um, a flavour and anecdote, a bit of a journey as to why I think um critically unwell children shouldn't be resuscitated using balanced solutions. Um, I want to start off with a bit of a, a story first of all so I want to tell you about Heart. So Blackheart is a, a new stout. Um why am I talking about stout on a pediatric emergencies conference? But it hopefully gives you a bit of an idea as the um the, the the argument. So it's a new stout produced by a Scottish beer company called Brewdog. And essentially it's direct competition for a, a long-standing um um Irish stout, as in Guinness. Um and they're very clever in their marketing um because their whole marketing slogan, the whole way for people to buy their product is what if it's better? and very clever because automatically if for people who have had Guinness you were like oh well what if something is better than Guinness um, and I've tried both um, and I can tell you that I will continue to drink Guinness um, and I hope that gives you a bit of a flavour um, for, for the rest of this presentation. Um, as Michael said, saline has been around for many 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 years since 1831 during the cholera um, epidemic in, in, um, in Europe and i think that's an important point that there have been other solutions as um, michael has has talked about that have um come around even from the 1880s um such as ringers lactate and Hartmann's and things but um regardless of all of that um saline has um has stayed and um, despite um all of the, the the kind of evidence um um that has that has come out since and despite all of the other fluids that have been tried and tested. And despite all of the innovations in medicine over the last two hundred years, um and all of the innovations that have happened that saline is still um is still here um and is still alive and kicking. Um and I think it's an important point to kind of highlight um about the historical preference with regards to saline that it's important. Um and it's important for lots of different reasons. Um um, in the emergency department um when you've got a critically unwell child in front of you you're um, and as a senior person within that you're managing the room so you could have um foundation doctors in front of you you could have gp trainees you could have pediatric trainees emergency medicine trainees um, junior nurses, senior nurses, you have a wide range of people in the room um, and it's important that you're using something you're familiar and comfortable with um, and I kind of liken it to, to getting home after a busy day's work and getting your slippers and, and your hot chocolate that um, it's something that you want the whole room to be comfortable with and there's a huge amount of human factors with regards to the resuscitation of a critically unwell child that, yes, the management of um, a critically unwell child in an intensive care environment is slightly different, but um, in a resource room in a in a district general hospital or in a, um, a tertiary centre, the resources is, is very different. Um, and you need to, to know your room um, and need to be comfortable that everybody's comfortable with what you're doing with regards to the management of that, that unwell child. And it's not just me that um, kind of thinks this and um, did a, a survey of, of paediatric trainees in, in Northern Ireland as regards to the choice of saline versus balanced solutions Um, and you can see it's pretty close um, as to what the preferred solution is that um, regardless despite all of the arguments despite all of the um, supposed evidence that saline is still the preferred choice in paediatric trainees um, in Northern Ireland Um, and the confidence levels with regards to prescribing um, balanced solutions over saline just really isn't there that saline is still um, the fluid that we are taught about we're most comfortable with and we know know the effects of it and but regardless of that um, we, we continue to use sell out saline and we should continue to do so as well and so um kind of like in this as well to saline the use of saline to um the um Hopefully some of you recognize this as the cornerstone, which is the most important brick in any building. Um, it's the the kind of foundation of where the building is um, is built on. It carries a lot of the weight and saline has kind of, kind of carried that weight for paediatric emergency medicine over the last many years um, and um, is used widespread with, within paediatrics in terms of the resuscitation of critically unwell, um, unwell children. We'll discuss some of these here. So um, Michael had touched on some of these. Um um, we've already touched, obviously, on the historical preference for saline that despite all of these solutions, ringers, lactate departments have been there for over 150 years almost. And re- regardless of that, saline is still the, the, the most used fluid um, with regards to resuscitating the critically unwell child worldwide. And um, it's universally available and um, easily used. People know how to use it. Um, and it's really compatible with drugs with no concerns about the potential interactions with medications that there would be with regards to using balanced solutions such as plasmolite. It's also cheaper, um, almost half the cost. And the main point, which we'll touch on now um, with regards to the literature, is there's a lack of definite benefit for alternatives, that there may well be this scientific um, thought with regards to the the electrolyte balance, with regards to balanced solutions versus saline. But um, is there strong evidence, compelling evidence to say otherwise? Um, And I would suggest um, no. So, um, it's important when you're in a stressful situation resuscitating the critically unwell child that you um, can rely on your guidelines to, to manage this child um, in front of you. And, and, and uh, I, I like that you touched on the fact that um, about the DKA protocol, that um, the DKA protocol um, by B-Sped in the UK actually mentions about balance solutions and says that um, the evidence base is not there for them to be used um, in dka and with regards to that saline should still be used as preference it's still widely used with regards to sepsis guidelines throughout the uk it's the only fluid with regards to the management of um, fluid resuscitation in neonatal patients and it's also um, the mainstay of fluid for managing um, unwell critically unwell metabolic patients and these are just a flavor of some of the guidelines that are used and it's also widely used in many many other guidelines with regards to the treatment of unwell um, children. Um, and my last little anecdote before we um, go to what some of the evidence says, I want to tell you about um this man. So this is a um, man called Andrea Perlo. and I'll take you back to 2011. Um, he plays for AC Milan in Italy, and he's 31 years old. And the thoughts are that he's done, he's, he's finished, he's passed his prime. Um, and he signs in a free transfer to Juventus, one of AC Milan's biggest rivals. And for the next three years, Juventus win the league, and Andrea Perlo is the best player in the league. He wins the best player in the league for the next three seasons. And I know there is a movement, especially in intensive care um, environments, that is this the end of C-Line? Um, and um, I like that you mentioned um, about a couple of different solutions that have been tried before, Michael. But um, regardless of all of that, is this the end of sealine There's been many um, times where it's been tried previously. Um, but saline is still standing, um, and I um, imagine that it will continue to stand, um, regardless that saline is not done. So, what does the evidence say? So, this comes from um, obviously a common um, cause of critically ill children is sepsis, and this comes from the Surviving Sepsis Guidelines. And just want to focus on some of the language that they use. That yes, they advise the use of balanced or buffered crystalloids over saline, but um, it's weak recommendation with a very low quality of evidence. And if you're in the middle of a resource and you're um, managing a critically unwell child, do you want to be relying on literature that says may probably generally or indirect evidence? I would say suggest no. And until there's compelling evidence to say otherwise, um, yes, a lot of the, the um, information with regards to um, slight increased risk of AKI and mortality is not significantly so. Um, and it also largely comes from adult studies. So if you're suggesting that adults are, are children or small adults, then fair enough. But I think um, we'll come to you in a second, a, a randomized control trial that looks at this um, question specifically. And what does the, the, the manufacturer say about their own product um, it's safe, uh, the safe um safety and effectiveness of plasmolite in children has not been well established um by adequate and well controlled trials. There's risk of side effects um with regards to and there's numerous contraindications um with regards to plasmolite um and um not indicated for the the primary treatment of severe metabolic acidosis and and which is interesting because obviously critically unwell children always have a a normal pH and so it's good to have all of these other um uh, things in your head with regards to the use of light in managing a critically unwell child and um, whereas we know saline better. thanks we know saline we know the effects of it um, and and um, we should continue to use it and um, so um as mentioned a lot of this comes from adult studies and um, but there are also adult studies which um contraindicate what michael had touched on and um, with regards to the effect of buffered solutions um in an adult environment and um, so if we're and there's always a study that come that, and this is a, a randomized control trial where balanced solutions did not reduce the risk of AKI in comparison to saline. And um, when we looked at a, a retrospective cohort study using balanced um, solutions such as like Ringer's lactate in comparison to normal saline for pediatric sepsis, um, again, um, there was not associated with improved outcomes. Um, and just one one more paper before I bring this to a close, um a systematic review in twenty twenty-two um showed yes, there's some evidence, again, not significantly so, but some evidence of improvement in blood pH and bicarb um when using balanced solutions versus um unbalanced solutions. But what is the actual clinical um and benefit of this does this actually make a difference to the um to the the journey of that unwell child does it impact on their mortality or morbidity and the evidence is really um out with regards to that at present so um i think this hopefully will draw everything to a close um, and will hopefully summarize everything perfectly and kind of makes my argument for me to be honest um this comes from the the, um, prompt bolus study which is currently ongoing it's a randomized control trial looking um at um balance versus normal saline with regards to the management of paediatric sepsis and I'm going to read it out because I think it's really important um, and that kind of summarizes everything with regards to um, what I'm trying to argue for. That currently there is insufficient evidence to support one crystalloid fluid type for paediatric shock resuscitation which was acknowledged as a key knowledge gap by the 2020 surviving sepsis campaign guidelines. So the fact that we've used saline for a long long time there's not compelling evidence in pediatric population to suggest that we should stop using it. So why should we? Um and if Promptbolis tells us otherwise, then fair enough. But um until that point, I would argue that we should continue to use saline as our main resuscitative fluid. So to draw everything to a close, um, I want you to take these things home with you and, and remember them. Um remember Blackheart and and what if it's not better? Um remember um to put your slippers on and be comfortable with, with using saline as we are, um that saline really is the cornerstone um of our management of critically unwell children. And um is saline um finished um I would argue no, um, and until there's compelling evidence um, from a randomized control trial, for example, to suggest otherwise, then we should continue to use saline as our main resuscitative fluid for critically ill children.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Thank you very much, Peter. Okay, so I'm going to give Peter and Michael five minutes to um, argue their case any further, ask, pose each other any questions, um, and then we'll go to a vote. So, Peter, Michael, over to you for five minutes to
0: out. Okay, um, so it was, there was a few things there that Peter had said that I kind of would um, just disagree with a little bit. So, you know, he said that C-Line's been around a lot longer than balanced solutions. I mean, C-Line's only around from 1888, whereas Hartman's been around from 1889. So, they're you know, balanced solutions aren't just newly on the block. This isn't really, we haven't just imagined this. This isn't, like, it's not. They've also been tried and tested through time. And light has been around since 1982. So, again, whilst this new kill on the block, only very, very, you know, relatively. You know, it's again, it's been well tested through time. It's you know over, over forty years old at this point. So like we're, we're well experienced that it's safe as well. Like we're not trying to advocate for some experimental, um, magic treatment here. So um,
2: I suppose that, that's a fair enough point, um, Michael. But I wonder why that hasn't translated then into into guidelines if it's been around for forty years, like plasmaite and if other fluids and. Um, Balance solutions that have been around for 150 years, not much more than saline. Then, why is that not translated into um, the the kind of international agreed practice? And um, because if it was so significantly better, surely by now the guidelines would have changed. And even the fact that the DKA guidelines are perfect example, a common um, presentation of a critically unwell ch- child, and they actually mention in the guideline that. Um, um, plasma light shouldn't be used um, so I just find that interesting, I think it's a fair argument yes, they've been around for a long time um, but there's still not um, a compelling evidence to suggest that they're actually better um, than, than CLN in the paediatric population certainly
0: I suppose I would say inertia is a big a big aspect of that, I mean like you said it's filtering in already, there's been a bit of traction towards it, mm. I mean the British Burns Association recommends giving Hartman's um, gift to self and gift to hood that's the nice guidelines for adults um, in hospitals, recommend avoiding saline and like you said yourself surviving sepsis which is i think the biggest argument for resuscitating children because you know our children don't come with nice diagnosis sides and i'm cardiac i'm sepsis we're probably all having sepsis in our mindset and certainly the the biggest evidence for mortality is in particularly a patient cohort with sepsis and there's multiple um you know rcts and different things that suggest that mortality is increased in even pediatric populations of sepsis so i you know i feel like um, yeah and Plus, there's differing reviews. There's been there's nothing that suggests that, that balance solutions are worse than c you know.
2: And I, I think that's a fair point. If if they're um if they're not worse, then you need to think about the other kind of effects. And cost is one. And um, you need to counter um for the um, cost is a really important one. If it's half the cost and doesn't have any um significant um difference, then um why would you change essentially? Because it's going to be a cheaper solution that um, that has um similar effects essentially. And um, we also need to, the, I think, accounting for the people in the room is really important. And um, saline use is so widespread and so well used and so well known and so well taught, and um, that without that compelling evidence to say that no, this is dangerous, or this is def- this shouldn't be used. Then why should um practice with regards to managing critical um ill children change? And I think. Having um that in your head whenever you're, you're managing a critically unwell child, you want to be clear of mind. And um, there seems to be a lot more to think about with regards to um the choice of um plasmalite, for example. There's a lot of there's other contraindications with regards to renal function and um electrolytes and things. And um I would argue that um saline is a safer approach then with regards to um not knowing anything about that critically ill child, especially in the emergency department. So. Um, yes, I, I understand that the constituents of plasma light may make a bit more sense, but until there's um, a study that um, totally answers that question, and maybe prompt bolus will be that study, um, then why should we um, dra- drastically change our practice and um, uh, the teaching that we've had since medical school?
0: Well, the thing is is that you know fluids are probably the, the most common intervention that patients get in hospital. So you know even if there's only a small improvement in mortality that's literally millions of lives that you could save a year by um, like how many liters of fluids how many thousands of liters do you know do we prescribe individually personally you know and if there's oh, even yeah. a slight improvement uh, i advocate that we should change and probably just familiarity and comfort isn't a good enough reason for me to to not um try to improve my practice
2: yeah, and again, all good, all good points. I, I just, I, I wonder what the the rate limiting step is then. Um, if if balance solutions are so good and so great and so mighty, then why why haven't they translated into practice if they've been around for? 150 years and um, plasmite's been around for 50 years then why are they still not recommending the use of plasmite in, in children based on their own manufacturers so there must be something and um, that we're, we're not we're, we're we're missing with regards to that Um, because it's not as you say it's not a new kid in the block it's been around for many a year and um, why are, are all guidelines not recommending this this wonderful fluid and um, with regards to management and um, with regards to um, management with critically unwell children so um I, I don't know what that issue is but Sealine is has is safe and has been around for, for a long, long, long time um, and will continue to do so. And there's been many other things that have tried to, to replace sea previously. And um, what's to say plasma light won't be that.
3: Okay, so hopefully you're seeing the slide on the screen now. So go ahead and vote now. Um the guys are competing for this. It's the brand new McGrath Mac video laryngoscope. So absolutely amazing prize and big thank you to Healthcare twenty one for supplying it. It's the new upgraded version. I have a review on YouTube. So hopefully you did get a chance to check that out during one of the breaks. If you haven't, it's on the Pediatric Emergencies website. And this is an absolutely brilliant improvement over their the last version. And I'm not just saying that because they, they've given me it for free. Um, and I'm a little bit sad to give it away. It was a, such a such a great prize. But one of these guys is going to get a brilliant tool to improve their airway skills. So we'll, we'll just give it a little bit longer for the um, results to come in. I think things are slowing off there, so um, I think the answer is yes. Critically ill children should be resuscitated using balanced solutions. So congratulations, Michael, you're the the winner. Uh, and well done to Peter. I think he did an absolutely brilliant job of of arguing that. I don't know how, he, how he was going to manage that, but he, he almost pulled it off.
1: We're about five past six. Chris, do you want any time for discussion around that as a panel before we draw to close?
3: Or um, I think if anybody has any strong feelings on it um i think it is it is worth mentioning i have lots of
1: strong feelings and i think the right decision was made can i dispel the the myth please that balanced solutions worsen hyperkalemia because i was m- mentioned that electrolyte imbalances are a consideration and it's a complete lie uh yes balanced solutions have a bit of potassium in but actually on the there's a number of reasons why they are not contraindicated in patients with hyperkalemia, and in, in, in fact, they're better choice than saline. Like we said earlier, hyperkalemia is made more worse by acidosis. So you give a child acid, they're going to make uh, get a, a bigger potassium surge into their extracellular space than they would otherwise uh, do. Potassium concentration in plasmolite and in Hartman's is, uh, is much lower than what... Um, the serum concentration is to diagnose hyperkalemia so you can't make anything more concentrated by giving a more dilute solution uh, and the biggest m- misconception is in child children with l- lactemia so the you know the very sick children we can't use cardamans or ringers lactate because it's got lactate in and again that's a massive myth because the lactate gets more t- metabolized into bicarb which then makes the ph better so it doesn't actually worsen the lactemia It just neutralizes a pH. So I wanted to make sure everyone was um, on board with those three physiological phenomena.
3: And I was just going to say as well, the the latest APLS guideline is uh, very heavy in favor of uh, balanced solutions. So that would have been a a nice one if you managed to find that, Michael. Um, I'm just going through updating the paediatric emergencies app and I'm I'm having to replace all the normal saline with um, plasmolyte.